This is Bloomberg Business Week from Bloomberg Radio. I'm Carol Master. Welcome to the Bloomberg Business Week Extra. It's our weekly podcast with a favorite conversation from the week, including someone who came to play, that was for sure, on a favorite topic and one that's constantly popping up in our news coverage on the Bloomberg and at Bloomberg.com about real estate and specifically on how everyone seems to be headed to Austin, Texas. We're talking about Elon Musk, Oracle, and so many more. For some thoughts on that, we caught up with Ari Rustigar, founder and CEO at Austin, Texas-based Rustigar Property Company, who was, as you might have guessed, in Austin and who talked about the Texodus. Austin's booming. I mean, Austin's booming, and yeah, you would think that there was not a pandemic. I mean, malls are packed and... Uh, Seriously? Yeah, I mean it's I mean it's absolutely booming. I mean, companies coming in like crazy, as you know, Oracle announced their global uh headquarters shift here. Elon Musk bought 2000 acres next to 50 acres that we own um you know near the airport where we're developing 525,000 square feet of industrial to really support all the ancillary companies. They really feed off of Oracle and Tesla and those groups. And, you know, Carol, you and I have been talking about this for years, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is uh, this is not new for you and I, even on the panel we were on a few years ago. Right. Um, I've, been, uh, I've been preaching Austin for many, many years, and it seems like finally people are listening. Well, what is it specifically beyond the nice weather and uh, that you guys don't have an income, t- uh, state income tax, which is kind of a big well, it's plus? So much more than that. What I is mean, it's it? So yeah. much more than that. It's so much more than that. I mean, look, um, Austin is not in Texas. Let's start with that. You know, and and I, I say that jokingly that you know we have a beautiful dialogue between both the left and the right, the conservatives and the liberals. You know, a very 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 liberal urban core, very conservative kind of suburban uh, suburban corridor, which has created a great dialogue, meaning that. You know, we have beautiful trees, beautiful lakes. Most people don't know for a top 10 city. We actually became the 10th largest city in the United States last month, surpassing San Jose Hmm. of all cities, being the heart of Silicon Valley, which I think is just kind of ironic. And we've been calling it the Texodus, you know, that people are just coming over here um, in masses. And, you know, look, we have more parks than any other top 10 city in the United States. The whole city is built on lakes. There's hills. There's outdoor activities. Some of the best eating in the United States. Live music. Great outdoor activities and so much green space. Trails, parks, um, and all of those things together, mixed with all the reasons why people want to be in Texas, as you mentioned, in terms of um, you know, in terms of no state income taxes. You know, if Texas was a country. You know, we'd be the 10th largest country in the world on a GDP basis. You know, we operated a $12 billion surplus. But the alert to Austin, you know, really started in 2013 when Google decided to use Austin as their beta case for Google Fiber. So they invested a billion dollars. Right, I remember that. Yeah, and, right. and that was really well, the beginning of it. Beginning of this. Let's not forget too. Apple is making a new one billion dollar, three million square foot campus in Austin. Is that correct? Yeah, and it's it's not. And here's the here's the beauty of Austin in, the, in that regard. Google's Facebook just took another million square feet, which this is already their second largest office in the world. Amazon's largest acquisition to date 
in Whole Foods for $13.2 billion. It's founded and headquartered in Austin. Right. Okay. Their, their largest distribution hub in the southern United States is about 15 miles south of Austin in San Marcos. Um, you know, Google's second largest office in the world is here. A little company that you probably forgot about called Dell is headquartered <laughs> right. here. Um, you know, so all these things, all of this groundwork was laid when Google put in that, put in that internet and put in the Google Fiber um, that allowed this to actually exist. But the reason people are picking Austin is because of the lakes and just how beautiful the city really is. And, you know, kind of that liberal, conservative, right. you know, it's kind of almost purple party, right? So, yeah. So a lot of the Californian exodus and a lot of the exodus from, you know, from New York and some of those other, you know, more liberal states, they find a lot of comfort in Austin, you know, because it doesn't have that staunch conservative feel that Dallas or Houston or some of the other Texas cities have. Do you anticipate um, that this continues? And what does this do, Ari? to kind of real estate prices? Real estate prices are going to absolutely, absolutely surge. And, and the reason why is we have re, real geographic barriers in Austin. So mm-hmm. if you go far west, you hit the hill country, you hit the lakes, you can't develop it. So we have a huge housing shortage. Mm-hmm. So from a supply, supply and demand standpoint, you know, there's only so much land you can build here. And because you know, the city has done such a great job of protecting the trees and, and having very, very strict zoning restrictions. It's very, very hard to build new product here. You know, so for us, we've been buying older apartment complexes, renovating them, because it's very, very hard to find, you know, great development sites because it's so difficult, which makes the city beautiful, which keeps the city beautiful, right. which I, you know, very much agree with as a, as a native um, but, you know, what I thought was the second inning of Austin's growth, I realized when Oracle decided to move here, they haven't even sang the national anthem yet. What do you mean? What I mean by that is the Just party quickly. hasn't even started. You mentioned that you guys have been buying older apartment complexes, and it was interesting. We just did a story um, for some of our uh, viewers around the country that talked about how uh, some folks are actually buying empty hotels, kind of old ones, and, you know, making them into tiny apartments. So tell me a little bit more about kind of where you guys maybe are investing at this point, what properties seem appealing, and kind of what's happening there. Yeah, that's, that's a, uh, I've been seeing a lot of that, too. And, you know, the thing about pandemics and recessions and you know, whenever you go through these hardships, you know, you, you, you have innovation, right? That's, the, that's mm-hmm. the silver lining, right? And so when the big box retailers started to go bankrupt, you know, and you saw like Sears, as an example, go dark, people were converting that into self-storage. So there's something great about how innovation is actually happening and, you know, where we see the deepest value and the safest kind of risk-adjusted returns are these older apartment complexes that are similar to that Motel 6 kind of design, you know, two-story walk-ups. And what's brilliant about it is they have inherent social distancing. So this concept we call vintage multifamily because it's outside the urban core. People feel very safe. They can walk up one flight of stairs, go in their apartment, come out. They don't have to worry about a gym or a pool or, you know, a lot of these instances. But they're extremely well located. That's the key. So a lot of these older complexes 
whether it's the Motel 6s they're converting or older multifamily products. But when you gut renovate them or take them down to the studs as they stay in the industry, you could offer a class A finish out for a fraction of the price of new development. Right. So I call it the $5, the $5 Uber ride. So <laughs> if you can get to, you know, kind of all the fun stuff, the bars, the restaurants within a $5 Uber ride, right. you, you know, that, that kind of fits the criteria a little bit. So that's where we see the deepest value. During COVID, we bought five properties like that when the rest of the world was completely you know, at a standstill, we actually bought nine properties in total. Um, a few were part of a land assemblages for some new development that we're doing, but right. five of them were um, actual apartment complexes, very similar to what you were um, explaining. And they offer a deeper value to consumers because now, obviously, people are being more thrifty, more frugal as they should be. Right. Um, well, and at the same time, you can offer a fantastic value to the to the end consumer. I got to ask you, though, are you concerned that Austin becomes another Silicon Valley, especially if you continue to see so many big tech companies, you know, uh, setting up shop there? And then once again, we see that pattern where it becomes real estate becomes so expensive that, you know, people who work at those companies can't afford to live in the city where they work. Well, it's going to happen. Austin is the new Silicon Valley, period. Hmm. You know, and if you look at the math, you know, Austin is what San Francisco was 30 years ago. You know, as you know, I'm a data freak. You know, (laughs) we very much see ourselves as data as a data analytics company that happens to do real estate. And if you look at the trends, you know, Austin is by is definitely the new Silicon Valley. Oracle was the linchpin to really solidify that in a very, very meaningful way. Um, and it's only going to continue, but it's going to take time. I mean, and but the good part about about Austin's location is you can go south into areas like Kyle, Texas, where we own, you know, 320 acres. We're building 1,500 homes, 900 multi multi units. So Texas is much more expansive. Right. So there's more room for workforce housing to be built if you go further east and go further south. If you go about 60 miles south of Austin, you hit San Antonio, which is another top right. 15 city. Okay. Right. So 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 this is much more sustainable. And since we do have a housing crunch, yes, prices are going to go up and is going to be tough for kind of, um, you know, ordinary Austinites. As you know, I'm born native Austinite and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm very, very sensitive to this gentrification. And I kind of hate that word, you know, in a lot of ways, because I believe in more community enhancement and adding deeper value. Right. But there's no question prices are going to surge exponentially. And this is only the beginning. And there is no question in the next 30 years, we're going to look back and the prices at San Francisco and New York City hit. Uh, well, Austin, no doubt, is going to hit those numbers and surpass them. All right. And you're talking your book a little bit, but that's fair because you're seeing it firsthand. But let me just ask you, uh, you and I have talked about this before, and we've just got about a minute, minute 20 left here. You know, this urban exodus, do you believe that San Francisco's at risk or it just gets a little bit lighter in terms of people moving out? No. What about New York? What Massive risk. You do. Massive risk. What about New York City? Massive risk. What about New York City? And, and how do you justify it? What are you risk. seeing... New York City, the same thing? Well, because the companies are all leaving. All the employers are leaving. And if the employers leave, then the employees have to leave. And, and de Blasio is an example. He's not really helping the program by making Soho the affordable housing homeless epicenter of Manhattan. 
to incentivize the high net worth employers that own these companies to be there. And San Francisco recently passed another wealth tax, you know, on high paid CEOs to where these states, I, I don't think they could try harder to disincentivize business owners to be there. That was Ari Rostegar, founder and CEO at Austin, Texas-based Rostegar Property Company, with us from Austin. You've been listening to Bloomberg Business Week Extra. Be sure to listen to Bloomberg Business Week Radio, airing live Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Carol Masser. This is Bloomberg.